Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani, along with my daughter and co-host, Lauren Simonian, welcoming you to another session of self-coaching, where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Well, hello there, Lauren. Welcome to our last podcast of 2020. Thank you. Yes, I'm so excited for a new year to begin, finally. Yeah, new year. Boy, this has been one heck of a 2020, isn't it? This will always be down in the history books, that's for sure. And now we turn the corner. And I guess a week away, we shall start to uh, look at that bright light at the end of the tunnel, don't you think? Yes, definitely. I think a lot of people are ready for a fresh start. Yeah. New hope. Well, with the new year, of course, the first thing that comes to a lot of people's minds are New Year's resolutions. Now, what about you? Any any resolutions this year? Yes. My resolution is to slow down time. And I know that sounds a little strange, but I was really thinking about what have I learned from this past year? And what I've learned is I have so much to be grateful for. And this year has just shown me you know, in, in bright color, just all of the things that are existing in my life right now. And I was just thinking about how fast this year has flown by. And the thing I would love most is just to find ways to really enjoy each component of my life and be fully alive and present for all of it. And I do truly believe, and I've practiced this in small snippets before, that by allowing your mind to be more present and reminding myself to do that on a moment to moment basis. I think that is the trick to slowing down time and to living your life more fully. So in 2021, my goal is to live in a state of presence for as much time as I possibly can so that I can enjoy each moment as it unfolds. That's a wonderful idea. I mean, our concept, slowing down time. I think Einstein might have a bit of a problem with that but but it makes so much sense to slow down time we are all racing or so it seems we're racing 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 toward what uh i don't know i don't know i think i think that's probably i'm going to i'm going to hijack and pirate that resolution for for myself so my number one resolution is I am also going to slow down time, but since I'm competitive, I'm going to slow it down much more than my daughter will slow her time down (laughs) because I am just going to prove that I'm the best slower downer of time. And what I'm going to do with my slowed down time, slowed, (laughs) is that a word? Yeah, I think so. Slowed. Slow down. What I'm going to do with my slowed down time is I'm going to savor things a bit more. And I think, I think that's important for me because I, I tend to also be moving a bit too fast. And when you slow down that time, what happens is you, you start to just kind of interact with whatever you're doing. 
in, in a much more conscious way and uh, with depth. And, and that that's something that I would like to kind of have more of. And, and maybe it means doing less. You know, it's, it's that whole multi-faceted, uh, multitasking universe we tend to find ourselves in lately. But I'm, I'm going to rebel against that multitasking. I, I, do you see that as, a, as a, a negative, a crime against humanity, the, the multitasking, or is it just me? A crime against humanity. Um, I, I do, you know, when you were saying doing less, I, I think there's so much to be found in, in being more and doing less. Um, it's just sort of a play on words. But when you really think about that, it's a lot of people don't give themselves the gift of, of being, of, of enjoying the space that they're in. A lot of times we're so preoccupied with what has to get done later or what should have already gotten done. And so you often don't get to just be, and there's so much to be had in, in that space where nothing needs to be done. So yeah, to your question, multitasking can take you away from the moment. There's no way that you can be fully present on one thing if you're doing multiple things at a time. You're so greedy being more and doing less. See, now there you go. Now I've got two resolutions. Now I have to be more and do less. Oh, man. I, but I was, what was your actual resolution before you hijacked mine? <laughs> My resolution was to kind of hijack your resolutions because I know you're thinking far better than I am lately about these things with being present. And uh, I, I, to be honest with you, I really, I really didn't have any resolutions. Every year I, I keep saying I'm going to make some resolutions. I would just want the ability to continue living life the way I've been able to live it, hopefully healthy and, and you know, with vitality. And, you know, my resolution would be to sustain and maintain the perception I have. And I think you've, you've taught me a lot. And, and, and in these podcasts, we talk about being present and, and just in that here and now bubble. And, and it's taught me that the life that, that you ascribe to and, and that I've adapted is, is much more satisfying. And that's why I agree with slowing down the time and enjoying it even a little bit more. So I don't really have any resolutions other than to sustain what I've been doing with a little more depth and a little bit more patience. How's that? I like that. I like that. And I think you're really good at recognizing when you might need to change on any day of the year. And it's funny because every moment in any day could be the moment that you have your fresh start, that you decide to have a resolution or a resolve. And I think people sort of rely on this collective momentum that happens right around the new year where everyone is is looking for a way to change in this, in this new year. But then the motivation I think is, is at an all time high when, when there's a countdown and it's, it's like officially I'm starting on January 1st. Although I always start on January 2nd because I like to celebrate on January 1st, but <laughs> like to sober up first, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I guess the, the real question is how do you maintain the momentum? Cause I think the momentum and the motivation is, is at an all time high when you begin something, yeah. but, but where do you, Mm-hmm. Where do you maintain? Well, yeah, maintaining motiv- motivation. Let's let's face it. Did you know, on average, eighty percent of New Year's resolutions fail by the second week in February. Mm. So most of us aren't maintaining uh, those resolutions. Uh, does that surprise you? That eighty percent of all resolutions fail by February. 
it does not surprise me. Also, it's funny you say February because I was just calculating earlier. They say it takes 66 days for something to become automatic, to become a habit. So you have to kind of make it to mid-March or else <laughs> or else it's not going to last. Yeah. Well, there are, there are many reasons for failure. I'm going to read a few stats here. 35% of the participants in this survey that was taken with over 2,000 subjects the ones that failed admitted that they had unrealistic goals. Let's let's start with that. I think a lot of people just take too large of a leap. Don't you agree? These unrealistic goals. I'm going to lose 40 pounds by February. I'm going to uh, uh, run a marathon, uh, build a rocket ship. What do you think about unrealistic goals? I have a problem with that because I'm I like to be like a a big. I like to set big goals because for me, that's the exciting part. Like if I say I'm going to run a mile, that's probably realistic. But for me, a marathon is the exciting part. So I like the idea of a big goal, but maybe breaking it down into smaller attainable steps throughout the year uh -huh. would make more sense. So so a big goal becomes broken down into practical steps. So that that kind of mitigates the problem with, with just this overarching uh, I'm going to, you know, build a bridge, cure cancer, and et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, let's let's bring it back down to earth, and uh, that so that that would be for the unrealistic goal. But then, 33% of the participants in this study, they didn't keep track of their progress, and that was reported as a as a 33% reason why their resolutions failed. What do you think about keeping a log, keeping track, uh, being on top of? Do you think that's important? Yeah, for, well, for me, it definitely is because and and for me, it has to be a visual, too. I just there's something about that visual reminder that's helpful. So I always have if when I start trying to make a shift or a change, I'll have usually a little sticky note on my bathroom wall where just because that's a private space for me and, and I'll always mark off each day that I complete the thing that I had set out to do so that I can see my progress. There's something really important to celebrating small victories along the way. It, it motivates you to keep going. Hmm. Okay, little sticky notes. Boy, have they, <laughs> have they changed our lives? Huh? I remember prior to sticky notes, what did we do with notes when bef before sticky notes? You got to put hmm. tape on them, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I don't, you know, that's funny. Maybe, maybe we just didn't remind ourselves of so many things. <laughs> uh, back to my survey. 23% forgot about their resolutions and that's why they failed so, so that mm. so that's that's convenient and one in 10 respondents claim that they made too many resolutions that i can understand <laughs> so if you're going to do 15 different things that are going to change your life from a to z it's it's probably not a good idea right that's that multitasking uh, just overly ambitious attitude Yes, I agree. And I'm, I probably have felt victim to that one before, too, because there is something exciting about the hope that you can change your life. And, and, and I, yeah, I, I think it's good to have that, that hope and that, that zest and drive. Uh, but obviously, it can't all happen at, at once. There has to be accountability to each step. Okay. Now let's move on. I'm going to ask you another question. Let's see how on, on the ball you are. America's top New Year's resolutions. Okay. Mm. What would you guess? Let's go from the most uh, frequent uh, resolution to the least. What would you mm. say would be number one? 
Number one, I would have to say would be losing weight. Okay. Number one, 51% managing finances better. Ah. But tied with number one. <laughs> what? 51% also was to eat healthier. So you're not far from the track. All right. Yeah. Okay. What about, uh, let's call them both number one, managing finances and eating healthier. Okay. So the number two, which would be just below those, would be what? Maybe exercise. Uh, again, you nailed it. Being more active. So the three, the top three, managing finances, eating healthier, and being more active. And let's move down one more. So what comes next at 42%? Mm. Actually, you, you kind of already said it, and that's the losing weight. So eating healthier and losing weight, eh, they're probably the similar. But let's move down to 38% most popular resolution. What's your guess? I would think it would have something to do with work, changing up workplaces or productivity. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's improving mental well-being. Oh, so, good one. Yeah, very good one. Okay. Moving down to 30%. What would be the uh, top 30% resolution? Mm, something with relationships? Um, Improving friendships? Relationships? I wouldn't have gotten Improve social connections. You're right. Relationships. Ah. Isn't that important? And let's just go with one more at 22%. And this one, I, I, I think I, I'm surprised it's so far down on the list. Any guess? No, I, I don't know. Okay. Learning a new skill. Ah, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one, right? Yeah. So, so New Year's resolutions. Let's let's talk a little bit about, you know, our take, our self-coaching take on New Year's resolutions. My contention is that it all comes down to self-discipline. And if you I'll explain that, but let me just first see if you if you resonate with that. Do you think the reason we fail is because of self-discipline? I think that's part of it. Yes. What might you add? <laughs> why, why do people make a resolution or determined to achieve? Let's take going to the gym. They, they sign up for a gym membership. It's now mm -hmm. January 2nd. And what what would be a reason why they stop going to the gym in February? Well, I, I think that part of making a, a resolution is understanding why you are making that resolution. So if it's just a surface reason, like I want to have strong muscles, uh, you know, to look good, I think that that sort of thing fades away pretty quickly. But if you have a strong why and you believe in that and, and you remind yourself of, of the reason that you're doing the thing you're doing. Like if you are going to the gym because you want to stay healthy so that you are active and involved with your family for a long time to come, that sort of why is going to stick with you and motivate you far, far more than wanting to look good for your summer vacation. Okay, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to agree and disagree at the same time because I'm allowed to do that because I am your father. <laughs> but... I also think, let's come back to my contention of self-discipline. Uh, and I think that even if you have the best intentions of the world, and they are the most grounded intentions, 
if you don't have the self-discipline to get yourself off the couch and let's use that the gym and get to the gym then all the intentions in the world almost uh, don't matter so so what is self-discipline well i see it as a muscle and for a lot of us, when it comes to disciplining ourselves to do the things that we would like to or rather do in life, that muscle has atrophied. And like any other muscle, unless we stress that muscle, we're just not going to get stronger. So what I usually recommend for people that are just not following through with the discipline necessary to achieve the success in their lives is to realize you've got to break it down to a very small kind of exercise where you could start to build self-discipline muscle. Let's take the, the person who has a, a doggy that needs to be walked and sitting on the couch. And that person is saying, yeah, I really need to walk old uh, Spot and Spot needs to go out. But you know what? I'm just maybe later. Okay, so that's a lack of self-discipline. That person knows what they should be doing, but they're kicking that can down the road. What you need to do if you want to improve and strengthen self-discipline is you take small examples, small exercises like that, and you say to yourself, it's time to take spot out, and you make yourself, you make yourself, you force yourself to get off that couch and do what you intend. Now, this is a very conscious kind of thing to do. But if you break it down to small enough tasks, then you are actually building the self-discipline muscle, just like at a gym. If you want to build the bicep, you have to do curls with weights that offer resistance. So you have to go against the resistance and the hesitations, and you have to accomplish those small things that you set out to do in order to build your self-discipline muscle. What say you? Mm. Yes, I think that as everyone's sipping their champagne on New Year's Eve, it's really easy to say, you know, I'm going to commit to doing X, Y, or Z. And I think understanding and, and knowing that it's going to be li likely, it's going to be difficult or at least inconvenient to accomplish your goal, especially in the beginning um, and understanding, you know, how to work through that and have the self-discipline like you were speaking of, especially in, in the beginning. And I just think back to, I know we always bring up the marathon, but I every time that I've trained for, for long races, it's fascinating to me that the beginning of my training, when I first start to change my momentum and get back out there, the first two or three miles every time just to run two miles is torture. It's so hard. And somehow after weeks of practice, you know, going out for an 18 mile run is no longer difficult. It's actually easier than that first two mile run. So in the beginning, it's difficult. I think that's the time. And like you said, most people give up by February. And that's because the first couple of weeks are the hardest to actually change your momentum and commit to something that doesn't necessarily feel good. It will feel good once you reach your goal and get your result. But it, you have to sort of work through that discomfort, especially mm -hmm. in the beginning. Yeah. And the discomfort has to be you know, tolerable. You, that's why it's so important to find, you know, the, the least at first and gradually increase. Now I, I do try to lift weights and, and I'm talking about really modest amounts of weights about three times a week. 
and my wife will attest to this. And every time I finish doing my exercises, uh, I come up the steps cursing gravity because the weights just get heavier every year. I don't understand it. You know, uh, they must absorb weight from the ethers. I don't know why, but it seems more and more difficult. But what I do is I make alterations, you know, year by year as I grow older, I start to realize that in order to stress my muscles adequately, I have to work with the confines of what I'm capable of. So realistic goals, being realistic with your exercising, whether it be psychological exercising or physical exercising is very, very important. And you have to stay within the confines of who and what you are, who and what your body is, your mind. So I think that for me, the realistic understanding of how we build self-trust is very important. If if you ignore or or just exaggerate the need to do something, rather than lifting a 10-pound weight, you lift a 30-pound weight, just like you with the marathon, uh, you're just not going to keep doing it. So you're going to stall out just because the resistance is too much. And without the adequate self-discipline muscle, uh, you're no match for that resistance. Hmm. The only thing I disagree with that you just said was that we have to be aware of the confines of our body and our mind. And while that is true to some extent, I also think it it really matters who we believe we are and what we believe we're capable of. And a lot of times these limitations date back to years and years ago when we told ourselves, oh, well, I'm not an athlete, so you know I can't really do that. Or I'm not the type of person who does this or does that. And so the longer you believe those things, the longer they're true for you, and yet they're not actually truths. <laughs> so I think being aware of you know, what What do you believe about yourself? Because if you believe that you are a smoker, let's say, and then you say you're going to quit smoking, someone who identifies as a smoker and believes that that's what their life's, you know, path is, there's, there's no chance they're going to be able to stick to a resolution because they are that, that belief. Yeah, that, that's really important because, um, if if we if we don't believe in ourselves that that we can handle certain challenges then we're not going to handle them you know what you believe is what you become so so that's that's a very very important point and and we do grow up with prejudices against ourselves you know oh i can't do that or or no no that's beyond me or sometimes i'll tell patients well well what about hobbies what about maybe taking up uh, painting or oh no no i can't do that I, i'm not artistic yeah it's just that we 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 have these self-defeating prejudices that that are almost like knee-jerk reflexes and if we concede to these without at least challenging the 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 part of us that says i won't uh, is it a real is it a real won't is it a real can't uh, or is it really a smokescreen for just not challenging the status quo and i think we need to challenge the status quo of who we think we are or as you might say who we believe we are mm, yeah and i think that a new life comes from a new mind. We have to change the way we think and the way we approach things in order to get a different result. Um, and I actually just, I heard a metaphor recently and it was something about you can't put an old man in a new car 
and expect the man to change. So it's like you have to change from within. You have to have a shift in perspective, a shift in belief system, in uh, the way that you you know create your own limitations in order to really change. You can't just change your exterior world and think that that's going to have an internal shift. I keep dreaming about an old 1964 Alfa Romeo. One of these days, but uh, by then I'll be so old that the uh, my feet won't reach the pedals or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so this this whole thing about you know facing that new year with with growth, with determination, with exuberance, with optimism. Uh, you know, there's that key word again, optimism. You have to. It goes hand in hand with what you're saying about believing. So the challenges that we put in front of us, if we call them resolutions or anything else, uh, I think the fuel that almost ensures success is optimism, right? Mm, I think so. I came up with a four-step plan earlier when I was thinking about resolutions. And I do you mind if I share it real quick? No, please. Kind please. of speaks to what you were just saying. Uh, well, the first thing that I thought before I came up with my plan is that when a lot of when I share resolutions with friends and we all get excited about what's going to change, there's a a feeling of a lot of times people use a resolution as a wish, um, as this thing that they wish will come true. But really a resolution to have resolve is to have like a firm determination that something is going to happen. So it's actually eliminating the possibility that it's not going to happen. So creating a New Year's resolution is not just a wish for something. It's it's a commitment to change. So I think that was a, a important distinction. And then when I thought about how exactly do you bring that forward, that change, the first step I thought, at least for me, which works, is to visualize the result, to actually imagine what will life be like when I attain that goal. So how will things be different? And I think just having that in your mind's eye can help you to garner the motivation that you might need to keep going. Uh, number two, create the structures that will support it. So find make sure that you're ready to take on this goal and that you have the things around you that will support you along the way uh, one example i was thinking of a few years ago back when i lived in the city i commuted to new jersey for work and i my resolution that year was to uh, you go to the gym in the morning and to get healthy by working out so i was waking up at like 4 45 to go down to the gym and in order to do that i had to have uh, I, I bought a new coffee machine that would pre-make the coffee. I had my clothes laid out, my sneakers. I had a motivational song that I would wake up to on instead of a normal alarm. So I had to have these structures in place or I'm quite certain it wouldn't have happened. Um, so, so noticing, you know, what you can do to support your goal. Uh, number three is remembering your why, like I had said earlier. And number four which I think is an important piece. I'm sure you could speak to this, but having some forgiveness and self-compassion when you fail, because there is a very high probability that things will not go exactly as planned. And so on that day where you don't wake up or you have that cigarette or you do the thing that you hoped you wouldn't do, there has to be an immediate forgiveness and immediate compassion for yourself so that you have the will to start again and to adjust your plan and move forward as opposed to releasing it and and just walking away from that resolution. Fantastic. I, I have a few mental notes. I hope I remember them. I want to start off 
responding to your four with a quote by George Carlin. Uh, I may misquote it, but let me try. If you try to fail and succeed, which have you done? So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I, I, I wanted to throw that in just because of what you said about failure. First of all, I, you know, I quibble a little bit with the word failure. Because if if I try to lose weight and and I fail, have I really failed if I come back at it again and succeed? So be careful of failure. To me, failure can only be used or should only be used when you quit. I had a young man that was uh, coming back from college. He had failed out. And he was sitting in the office saying, I'm a failure. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. What makes you think you're a failure? Well, I failed out of school. Now, behaviorally speaking, that's true. He was a failure at that particular school, but he was saying, I'm a failure. So he was identified with that. And I said to him, well, what if next year you go back to school? And what if you succeed? So in other words, don't identify with the concept of failure. But like you say, let's relativize it. If you have a setback, and if we call it a failure, see it in relativistic terms, because a failure is only a failure when we quit completely. And the other thing you said in number one of your of your four was a kind of the, the kicking the can down the road kind of things. And I always say, you know, one of these days is none of these days. There's no time better than the moment, than the present, to really do what you need to do. So when we start to say, yeah, I'm going to do that next week, or I'm, I'm going to sign up for that gym first thing, the thing is that, you know, that kind of kicking the can down the road is it may make you feel good in the moment, because basically what you're saying is, you know, I, I'm going to improve myself. But it's, it's just, that's just a mental game you're playing until you pull the trigger and actually start the improvement process. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Shoulds, shoulds are, are kind of dangerous because... Whenever you say, I should be losing weight or I should be exercising, keep in mind that when you say should, you're you're kind of negating yourself in the present because you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing now because you should be doing something else. So we need to take better care of ourselves mentally and get away from the shoulds because that is a negation of who we are in the moment. And get to want to's. I want to lose weight. I want to get to the gym rather than I should. Do you you see that distinction, should versus want? Definitely. I do think sometimes, though, the action or or the there's something to be said about planning to start something in if you're using your planning time to really set up your structures and to get yourself in a place where you can really start moving forward so i think sometimes you know when you decide you're going to do something it might take a couple of days before you actually start that thing but i think you can start in your mind and then come up with the plan and then follow through on the plan which is essentially what you're saying but i do think that sometimes the buildup can create the buildup in your mind can create some uh, internal momentum and motivation, which then can be applied to the actual process. Yeah, yeah, I think we are on the same page because if if you are planning to move in a certain direction to do a certain thing, if you're actually 
planning and implementing steps to get to that point. To me, that's that's being active in a mental sense. So that's not the same as procrastination. That's that's active, you know, intervening with those things that are important to you. So yeah, I see that as important mm-hmm. planning. There's a quote that I love by Jim Rohn that says, if you really want to do something, you will find a way. If you don't, you will find an excuse. How true is that? Right. Uh, you know, we are so prone to excuse ourselves. And, and we do it in, in such flippant ways that we don't even realize we're doing it. If we take pride in our efforts and, you know, get away from the, the goal or the outcome. Let's, let's focus on the efforts. Whatever we do, if we do it to the best of our ability, then there can be no regrets, even if the goal isn't reached. Because basically, as human beings, we can't do better than our best. So we do our best and we strive toward whatever that goal may be. But if we're doing the best we can effort-wise, then it is the effort, the process, and not necessarily the goal that fulfills us. Yeah, Maybe that's a, a misnomer. Maybe maybe the goal is is really paramount and very important. But nevertheless, in terms of self worth, self pride, self esteem, it's it's really knowing that we've given life our best effort. And sometimes we don't make the the brass ring. Sometimes it just doesn't happen. But that has to be okay if you are courageous enough to say, "I did give it my best try," uh, and you move on to something perhaps more obtainable. Is that is that being too compromising, Lo? No, I think that sort of circles directly back to my resolution, which you have since adopted, <laughs> to to give it your best in every in every moment and sort of allow pride in each each step of the way. Yeah, mm. I think so. Yeah, self pride. You know, we tend to think of that sometimes as as an arrogant or, or a negative, but feeling good about ourselves is is motivating and with everything that's going to take place in 2021 uh, I think motivation staying motivated is the key and you you kind of hinted on this earlier we've got I think you said about maintaining we we need to stay motivated now what keeps us motivated well it just is that we begin to incrementally move in the direction that's that's we're pointed at that we we have the confidence and as you said just a few minutes ago the belief that we can in fact endure and do these things and the motivation itself be, is is fueled primarily by optimism the belief that yes i can so pessimism is a belief killer Pessimism is a goal killer. It's the projection of negativity. Now, neither the optimist nor the pessimist knows the future because we're saying an optimist says, oh, I can, I can accomplish that. And the pessimist says, I can't. But those are futuristic things, things that remove us from the present. But the reason optimism is such an important fuel is because it changes our present. If I believe I'm going to reach that outcome, it actually gives me pleasure in the moment. Uh, it makes me live a different life in the moment. I am optimistic. I'm buoyant. I feel that I will and can. So optimism is the fuel for a better present. Now, do, 
am I going against your innate philosophy of being present when I say be optimistic, even though that's a projection forward into the future? No, no, because although you can project into the future as long as you're being actively present and aware each step of the journey to get there. So having goals is important in the practice of presence, um, but you can be present with each and every step uh, step on your way to the final goal. Because as we all know, it's not really about the goal. There's a lot of life that exists leading up to the goal. So a lot of what we talked about today and what we talk about generally in our podcasts are, are the way to take responsibility, to live a more effective, frictionless life. That's that's I'm going to add that to my list of resolutions. I'm I'm going to continue to reduce the frictions in my life and apply that in the world I live in to others and to whatever I do. You want to add to your but you know it's not too late. You can add a number. How many resolutions did you have? Four? <laughs> no, I just had that one. Well, I think I think you need to add a couple. Come on. It's the idea of inner trust, like really just in the moments where I want to blame something else or feel like I'm in a challenging situation. I think taking a moment and just having trust in myself that whatever is to arise, that there will be the tools to handle it in that moment and to just sort of flow, flow with life and not resist it, as you as you were saying earlier. Even in, in lieu of the darkness, sometimes uh, there still can be light brought into the picture. And and I think we need to keep that in mind. Wherever things go after the new year, we, we need to keep finding ways to bring light into the dark. There are ways and there are ways. And, you know, it may be difficult and it may be more arduous than times that are more, quote, normal. But nevertheless, uh, you you are a testimony to bringing light into the dark. So let's let's keep realizing that we we don't ever have to be victims of a pandemic or life itself. Victims are helpless and powerless, and we are not powerless. To empower ourselves, we we do what we need to do to develop that self-confidence and optimism. So with 2021 about to occur, uh, I would like to wish all our listeners, and to you, Lauren, my wonderful daughter, a, a very happy uh, new year as a new bride. And uh, I wish everyone to to really just tighten the belt a little bit and realize that getting through this pandemic, uh, we're not there yet. And sometimes the last leg of a journey is the hardest, but, but we need to keep our chin up and we need to keep our resolve. And we're almost at the finish line and it's it's really time to get there. So hang on and let's all stay tough together and learn closing words for 2020 as we move into 2021. I'll leave it to you. All right. Yes, I would like to wish everyone a very happy, healthy new year. And I would love for everyone to remember that the power lies within yourself to make the change and that it is your internal world, your mastering of your mind that will reflect in your external world. So start from within and you have the power to create whatever year you hope for 2021. Great. And visit our selfcoaching.net website where you can learn more about our self-coaching philosophy. And while you're there, check out my number one best-selling books now published in 10 languages. 
So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle is not an option. And by definition, victims are powerless and you are not powerless. And remember, everything is hard until you make it simple. So join us each week and let's make it simple together. Reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Oh.